Hey Dan Talks listeners, welcome to another episode of Dan Talks. This week I am talking to Robin Fierce, who is a drag queen in Connecticut. I came across Robin on Instagram. There's this video of her breaking up a fight that happened mid-performance during one of her sets um, between two patrons, and she handled it with grace and authority. And I was so excited to talk to Robin about her career, her life, her background, and what drag means to her. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with the Robin Fierce. Robin, you're coming to us live from Connecticut, right? I am uh, in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. What is the drag scene in Connecticut? So close to New York, but Mm -hmm. I imagine its own thing. Um, the drag scene in Connecticut is, I feel like, always in a state of uh, growing, and I don't mean this as in a shady way. Um, it's always seeming to be in a state of like pubescence, where like we're growing, we're growing, we're growing, but nothing has yet stamped us as like we are Connecticut. This is our drag scene. Blah, 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 blah. Like because we are sandwiched between like New York and Boston, like a lot of the people go to those different places for drag. And I don't think yet again, yet, um, I don't think uh, a lot of people specifically come to Connecticut for its drag, but we offer so many amazing things. There's so many uh, different types of drag. We have um, queens that do pageantry, we have, queens that do gore, we have queens that do camp, we have queens that do uh, more comedy. We have um, many different forms of queens here, just like any other places. And Connecticut has been doing drag since forever, just like everywhere else. Um, We're just still waiting on our um, Renaissance era, I guess. (laughs) Mm. Did you grow up there? Um, yes, my family is from Brooklyn. Uh, we moved here when I was five. And then um, I started doing drag here when I was, I want to say 20. What? How, how old am I now? I'm going to be 26 this year. And I started drag 2016. So I don't know, quick math. Whoever's listening, y'all do that math. But <laughs> yeah, I was told there'd be no math. Math in public is not my thing. Right. Um, I would imagine there's a pull of drag queens in Connecticut to move to New York or for you to move back to New York. Is there something that kept you like planted in Connecticut or something about the drag scene there that you thought, oh no, this is where I want to start my career? Um, I feel like it's more of those things where like, it's where I was and I wasn't going to go somewhere else just to do something that I just started. Um, And even now, like as a full-time drag queen, could I potentially move to New York? Yes. Um, But I like to um, have more concrete things before I move forward somewhere. Like if I was going to move to New York, I would rather like know that I have multiple gigs lined up so I can continue being a full-time queen uh, when I move to a New York or California or wherever it might be that I end up moving to if I do move um, anywhere but I'm I'm happy right now where my career is and we are growing of course constantly growing um, and where that takes me I don't know but 
Um, I'm close enough to New York to get there when I'm needed. I'm close enough to the major cities around to get there. Um, and if somebody wants to bring me farther, well, baby, you can pay for that flight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the reason I, or the, the first video I saw you in was actually when you were breaking up that fight that happened in the audience oh, yes. while you were oh, performing. Yes. <laughs> and tell me about that. Um, I imagine like adrenaline charged situation. When I'm performing, I'm very much like living in the moment. So yes, I'm looking at the audience, I'm connecting with the audience, but not all the time, like everything that goes on, I immediately know. So when the one of the people walked up to the other one, I didn't know like instantly, but then all of I, all of a sudden I see like uh, the lady in the white put her arm up against the other one's neck. And that's where you see me go like this in the middle of my eight count. Um, and then I'm just like, what we're not going to do is fight in the middle of my number because one, we are here to give a show. The people need to enjoy. Uh, and two, I am also here uh, to get my money, honey. And you are in the midst of me collecting my doll hair. So... I tried to break it up. I thought they would stop, but then the other one ran to uh, the one in the red and girl, the rest is history. Um, I very promptly uh, told the DJ to cut the music. I lectured them and told them to either stay and be calm or get out and do your business out there. I think they just ended up getting kicked out, which I was honestly fine with them staying if they were going to simmer down but at that point y'all already had started to fight like of course you're going to get kicked out was that one of the would you say that's the craziest thing that's happened to you while performing um yeah that is probably the craziest thing uh that has happened um to me while performing um i remember one time i made a gif of an one thing about robin Pierce, if you ever text me you are most likely gonna get a gif of me at some point because I make so many gifts of myself. But I remember this one guy came up to me like in the middle of my moment, I'm trying to have a moment uh, on the stage with my audience. And then yes, there's never a wrong time to tip a drag queen. But when you consistently try to force dollars into her titties, like literally he was trying to do the thing where he like opened the shirt and like pushed a dollar. And I was literally like grabbing his hand and I had to push him away and continue my number it was it's it's always something it's always something with drag queens I don't know what it is but it always ends up being a good time and a good story to tell later on maybe not in the moment right can you talk more about that though when you like are in full drag do do you think people um feel like they have more agency to like violate your that like a normal boundary of another human being it's a double-edged sword really when it comes to um when i'm in drag versus not i feel like the double edge is on one hand um you get very high respect from people especially if they really love what you do um and they like are obsessed and i'm just like i thank you i appreciate your support i am also just a person um and then the other side is oh my gosh look at this queen oh my gosh she's here to entertain us oh we can do whatever we want to her ah 
Let me touch your hair. Ooh, padding. Are you sure that's padding? Let me swipe in between your butt cheeks to see if this is actually your ass. And of course, every time they go to do it, they always touch the part of my fake ass that is actually a part of my real ass. And I'm just like, y'all, I need you to calm down. I need you to like, give me six feet. Pretend that we are still in a pandemic. Give me six feet sometimes. Uh-huh. <laughs> how, did, um, how did you decide on Robin Fierce as the name? Um, Robin, I really liked it. it was something that was elegant with like a little dash of sexiness, but also like out of drag. My name is Rashawn. And um, I came from a place, place where drag made me a little uncomfortable and to be more comfortable doing it. I wanted something that wasn't so far off of what I've been called for 20 years at that point. Um, even though Robin and Rashawn sound nothing alike, they both sound with they both start with R, so I guess that made me comfortable. And um, I wanted my last name to really reflect um, whatever form of drag that I did, um, no matter if it was something campy, something pageanty, something cosplay-y. Like at the time, I didn't know really what I wanted to do. All I knew is that I wanted to be fierce at all times. And that's why I wanted to go with fierce as my name. Mm-hmm. And now you have drag children, right? I do have a few children. Uh, she is a mother of uh, four drag child. Four. Oh my gosh. Child. Four drag children. I have four drag child. Yes. Fears, uh, Dro, uh, Angelina Fears, and actually, no, Lash Corp slash Everett slash Sigma. <laughs> is my third child. And then Angelina Fierce is my fourth child. And why I give Lash Corps four names is, I mean, three names is because like I called them Everett because that is their name, um, but their drag name is Sigma, but they don't really do drag too much, but also they do lashes for like all the girls. Um, so follow the Lash Corps. I actually follow all my children if you're out there listening. They're all amazing. They're all sick names, um, but yeah. What do you My kids find- are tied now though. Yeah. <laughs> they are tied. Good. Good, good. It's a full closed. house. Uh-huh. Do not ask me to be your drag mother. I will give you advice when needed, but yeah. I am it's, no it's, longer open for motherhood. It's many children left behind for you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um what uh do you find the young like the the 20 something or like the 20 year olds who start like do you think that there's cuz I I just turned 30. I'm a TA Mm -hmm. at um, UW-Madison, so I teach 18 to Mm 21-year-olds. I always think I'm, like, of another generation from them. You're only a few years removed, but what do you find with, like, really young drag queens? What they're, like, do they have a different attitude towards the craft, Um, or do they treat it as a profession, or, like, aesthetically, what are they thinking about? I really think, I really think it depends, Um, and... I, I, I'm really in that middle ground, like I'm 26, so I'm not quite um, in that whole another generational moment, not that that's far away for me, but I'm also not early 20s. I'm, yeah, I'm, okay, long story short, I'm mid 20s, so I see both sides yeah. um, of the spectrum. Um, I think with the newer queens, and that even started 
around the time that I started uh, when uh, Drag Race was really becoming uh, more of a pop culture thing um, is that people sometimes just do it because they see it on TV and um, then all they know is what is shown on TV and that sets their standard for drag. Um, and then also you have the people, which I'm hard pressed to meet a drag queen that does not partially do it for the attention. Like all performers, no matter what the profession, like, yes, we're in it for the art, but also there's parts of us that really likes the attention as well. But then you also have the queens that are like, oh, my friends do drag and look at the attention they get. Oh, this person does drag and look at the attention they get. And granted, yes, that's a part of it. Um, but I feel like a lot of times uh, when people are starting, it's that attention grabbing moment and they see it and do it just because it was it's popular. And um, the queens that I respect the, the most, regardless of uh, tenure or freshly starting is, yes, do it for those reasons, but also do it because you love the art form. Um, if you enjoy Drag Race, which uh, many of us do, I do. I've watched every season, some more than once. Um, but my standard of drag isn't just solely based off of what I see on television. Um, I venture out and find local queens that I love. I uh, venture out in on, online and see other queens around the world. Um, and I find that like, sometimes when people are starting out they don't uh do that research they don't um see beyond the masses kind of thing mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. i don't are know you... if i answered your question and that was a very long answer but no you absolutely did um would drag race be an aspiration of yours or is it in sort of like a yeah anything's possible sort of um, if it happens, it happens. Um, I think that uh, Drag Race is a great uh, milestone in anyone's career if you're able to get to that. Uh, but I was also inspired by like before Drag Race, Britta and Jasmine Rice Lebeja um, in New York. And I saw them really like traveling and also like even even my friend uh, Phaedra Faded and Axel Andrews um, and even so many queens before them um, who had careers and even in current day of Drag Race had careers where like they were being flown places and full-time queens in their areas um, and was really able to uh, make something of themselves uh, without the uh, machine of drag race so when I was introduced to like the Brittas and the Jasmines and people like that I'm just like yes would love to be on drag race at some point if that happens for me but even if it does not I'm not letting that stop me in my career growth because look at these amazing talents who have taken over um and get to travel and get to um pay their bills off of their art um without so it's not a must for me it is a next level goal sure but it's not my only my only goal what do you think are the skills every good drag queen must have um 
be entertaining, I think is the, <laughs> the main one. And that is like, it's, that one is very broad because uh, there are many different forms of entertainment, but I think um, the skill that comes over time is confidence. Um, and I think that is the main skill that any performer needs when they're on stage, even if you have to fake it till you make it. Um, when I first started drag, I think what really got me in that headspace, um, and it's gonna sound shady, but I don't mean it in a shady way, is there is always someone that is worse than you. And there are those people that literally you look at them and when you really look, you're like, what are they doing? But they own every single bit of what they do and that's what matters. And they could be the hottest mess, but they are owning it. They're having fun, they're being entertaining and you don't care what it is they're doing. You are pulled in and you're having a good time. The audience is having a good time and this person is doing whatever they want and that's what matters. So um, I think that's really something that like clicked for me um, and it's just like, I love what I do. I have a good time with what I do. It's my now found art. Um, and no matter what level that I am, even if I am that person that's worse than somebody else, I need to, at a certain point, take my own agency and just own what I do. And I think that is a skill, yes, that comes over time, but I think that is the main skill of a drag queen. Not everybody's gonna know how to do hair. Not everybody's gonna know how to sew. Not everybody is going to know how to do their makeup. I think that doing your makeup is a big part of what we do. Um, but we do live in an age now where you can order a costume, order some hair, and you can even pay somebody to do your makeup. Um, I was going to say, it's harder I, to order a face. That is sort of an entry level. Yeah. So I, I, would, I would say uh, confidence and uh, honing your your aesthetic and your look even if you are having people um make you something um have at least some agency in i might be using agency wrong but i don't think i am have some some agency in your look even if somebody else is doing it um because i think that's that's very important it for me it at least got to the point where like um i had been in year two or three of doing drag I'm on six now um and I actually I think it was year two I wanted somebody to make a Halloween costume for me but they were charging me three hundred dollars um just for construction not including fabric which in the grand scheme of drag costumes that's not a lot uh but this was very baby career Robin Fierce and I was not making enough money in drag to justify paying somebody $300 to make a look. So then I took that next year, learned how to sew thanks to uh, me just practicing, thanks to my drag dad, Tito Midnight, um, and a friend of mine, Mia Easylay, teaching me little like tips and tricks here. Now, pretty much everything you see me wear, I make. Um, I can do hair. It's not my favorite thing to do. Hair is something that I would pay somebody to do more quickly than anything else. But um, I really own everything that is Robin Fierce. Um, and I 
um, suggest doing that as much as you can uh, to anyone that's starting and be open to criticisms. Not that every criticism will apply to you because some people just have a whole different view that you do that doesn't necessarily line up with what you do, but still be open to hearing um, some things. And I don't mean open to hearing things from that random bitch drunk in the corner. Um, you know what you should do. You know what would look really good on you. You know what you should perform. We all get those. Um, I'm not talking about them. Sometimes they do have some, sometimes they do have some good ideas. Most of the time, 99% of the time, it's like, girl, if you don't get the fuck out of my face uh, <laughs> and finish your drink. But um, be open to getting inspirations from any and everything. Um, and don't be, um, again, long answer to your, your question, but don't be um, closed off to only what's in your community, only what you see. There is so much uh, that you can take from the world to influence what you do and to make new things. Um, so don't get don't get pigeonholed as well. So I, I long answer, but I would say uh, confidence, uh, taking ownership and agency in your aesthetic, no matter what that aesthetic is, and being open to criticism and seeing like what is for you and what might not be, because you're gonna get criticism no matter what you do and some of that criticism is helpful some of that criticism falls in the middle and some of that criticism is just like all right well next mm -hmm. and have those skills helped you have have those like principles seeped into other aspects of your life um I think so I think for me at the end of the day I am a creative person so all of my creativity kind of blends together at this point like makeup artist photographer singer drag queen like there's a lot of things that I do and I think all of them now like blend in a way so the skills that I use in one kind of influences the other the one that's influenced the other kind of has an effect on uh, another thing that I do so it's all kind of a full circle moment. I don't think people should ever be scared of um, combining skills, uh, taking something that they learned from over here and applying it to something else in their life, because it's all, it's all life, darling. It's all life. <laughs> Are you in love? Am I in love um, with myself? <laughs> no, no, with a man <laughs> or a person, with a person, with a person. Um, no, I am not in love with a person that is not myself. I think that, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, as bad as that sounds, I think it's very important, um, to be in a space where you love yourself, not in like a, my shit don't stink, love yourself way. But like, um, I really had an epiphany, uh, maybe two or three years ago, I want to say three years ago, I was listening to this song, um, Best Parts, uh, featuring the artist Her, and I forget what the male singer's name is, um, but in past life, uh, I would listen to a love song, um, and I would immediately either feel sad because I didn't have someone, or think of somebody that I was like obsessed with at the time, and in that moment, I listened to this song, 
um, best parts. And it's basically talking about like how this other person is the best part of you. And for the first time um, in my life, I listened to that song, didn't think of anybody. Um, I was going to a gig, so I was in full face. And I'm like, you know what? I think uh, I'm the best part of me. Like you can't, I don't believe in, um, somebody else completes you I think that somebody else can help grow you and somebody else adds to you um but I think it's very important to make sure that you love yourself in the words of RuPaul if you can't love yourself how the hell are you gonna uh love somebody else and I really think that that does hold true and I think sometimes for some people maybe somebody else teaches you how to love yourself but imagine the love that you can give to somebody if you really have um, if you really love and enjoy yourself um, and can take yourself for what you're worth, you can really take somebody else for what they're worth better. So um, am I looking for love? Not really. <laughs> Do I love somebody else? No. Am I looking? If, also no. If love, if love finds me, am I uh-huh. open to it? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Um. Diane von Furstenberg says the most important relationship you'll ever have with yourself or you'll ever have, you will ever have in your life is the relationship you have with yourself. Absolutely. Because um, we all want our relationships to go well, but what happens when um, that relationship is no longer there uh, for whatever reason, break, uh, breaking up, passing away, mutually decides to leave each other. What are you going to do when you are, it's just you and your thoughts. Like if you can't be alone with you and your thoughts, then maybe you shouldn't be alone with uh, other people. Because mm-hmm. if you can't deal with your thoughts, how is somebody else going to deal with your thoughts? And again, it's a complicated issue. Like some people teach you how to be you even more, mm-hmm. um, but that is them growing you, not them completing you. Mm-hmm. We're going to go from more theoretical to more specific. I'm thinking about yeah. your act right now. What is your creative um what are you thinking about like your set or your songs or like what you want to, cause I imagine you're like revamping constantly. Like, Oh, I want to change mm-hmm. this track. I want to insert this here. What are you mm-hmm. thinking about now in terms of your, like, what would you call it? Your set, your performance, your, your evening. I think that, I think that's a very hard question for me because I am very much a person that kind of like goes with the flow of my creativity um kind of I don't always have like if I go to make a mix or I go to make a costume I like might have an idea in my mind grand scheme like what I want to come off as but not like a concrete it has to go like this and I will go in with that idea and kind of like play with things if I'm making a mix I'll like try to pull quotes that I feel like goes with the moments um and I might have some songs in mind but sometimes I'll have an idea of exactly how I want to go I put it together exactly that way and it doesn't work so it's important to uh edit where needed and if your original idea doesn't uh, work or come to fruition, that's fine. Um, I think it is important to um, adjust and make changes where needed. Um, it doesn't have to be exactly what you thought it was going to be in the beginning, as long as you're happy with it in the end. Mm-hmm. I think so much of what you're saying can apply to so many people, regardless of whether they do drag or not. Um, yeah. 
I'm curious what doing drag has taught you about yourself. Um, hmm. I think drag has taught me that I am, um, that I adjust to change well. Um, I think that that hasn't necessarily uh, been a skill that drag has brought me, but I think drag has highlighted uh, that skill in entertainment in general. Um, there are always so many moving parts and something can change like that. And um, it is up to you to adjust and figure out how you can move forward and still uh, get what get what you need done done um so i really think that that ability to stick with it is something that drag has shown me that i have um and drag has also uh brought to me uh more confidence in my everyday because the ability to really go out there in something that is quote unquote not the social norm in a public setting um, with people whose eyes are on you judging regardless of if it's for good or bad like that takes a level of confidence that you don't necessarily get in your everyday life um, so that really helped me full circle with everything well Robin I'm so excited to follow your journey and thank you for coming on oh thank you so much for having me